Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Leelon Spirit. Listen, we're going to talk about Piper in just a moment. I, I promise you that. But to, there are two things I want to share with you before we do. The first one, I need to respond to a text message that just came in. Quick summary. Before the break, I was ranting and raving about how the season of the street disruptions must come to an end. That what we saw in Cottonwood Heights uh, just last night was, uh, was, was an embarrassment. Now, depending on whose side you take, uh, you may be embarrassed by two different groups here. I'm embarrassed by the protesters. I'm embarrassed by those who went looking for a fight. Why, why, am, I, why am I comfortable saying that? Well, because when you have people uh, peaceably assembling, expressing their First Amendment to speak and to assemble, you would hope that their message would be clear. And last night... I saw a few t-shirts, uh, Sim Gill is bad. I saw a few posters, defund the police. But what I heard and what was shouted over and over and over again was that we can walk in the street if we want. There's no room on the sidewalk. We can walk in the street if we want. There's no room on the sidewalk. Okay, fine. I said, maybe get off the street, go home and get to work. Reach out to your mayor, your council members, your state reps, your state senators, maybe even the police uh, themselves. Have a conversation. You want to elevate it? Reach out to your member of Congress. That's my suggestion. And then this text message came in over the break. It says, yeah, have enough money to lobby. That's how things get changed in America. I'm assuming sarcasm. I'm assuming the claim here being made that uh, that ordinary citizens, ordinary people like you and me, we, we can't reach out and communicate with our government. No, no, no. That requires uh, big money lobbyists. Well, that's wrong. That's, that's absolutely wrong. I've worked in a congressional office. I've worked in a state uh, house office here in Utah. And I can't tell you how often there are direct interactions between members of Congress, members of the House here in Utah, city council members, mayors, with citizens who pick up the phone and make a phone call or they send a letter. Or they make an appointment with the office and they come in and they have an opportunity to sit down. That costs zero dollars. You don't need to hire some lobbying firm <laughs> to send a text message to your uh, house rep. Text message? How could that be? Have you ever been to the state's website, the legislative site there? You know that almost every single legislator's uh, cell phone is listed there? And if not their cell phone, their email is there. You can reach out to them directly. It does not take big lobbyist money to do so. And it's a sure heck of a lot, lot more effective than shutting down streets. That's number one. Uh, number two, before we get to Piper, is a statement which has just been released uh, from uh, Cottonwood Heights. A press release here uh, talks about the incident of last night. Uh, the summary reads, in the evening hours of August 2nd, 2020, Cottonwood Heights police officers observed and responded to concerned citizens in a residential neighborhood near Mill Hollow Park regarding protests and demonstrations in the area. 
During their interactions, CHPD officers found protesters marching and blocking city roadways, restricting ingress and egress by residents in the neighborhood. Police officers requested the protesters to move to the sidewalks and not block the roadway so that vehicles could pass, but they refused to do so. As the police response occurred, the situation unfortunately grew tense and violent. Force and restraint were used to quell violent protesters. Multiple officers and civilians suffered minor to moderate injuries, and one officer was hospitalized. This again is a state, This is the, the beginnings of a press release, which has just moments ago been sent to me by uh, Cottonwood, Cottonwood Heights, and uh, there's a statement included. Uh, this one from uh, Mayor Mike Peterson, he says, We fully support the First Amendment, but we feel strongly that local laws and ordinances must be adhered to. Mayor Peterson continues, The situation at Mill Hollow is regrettable. We never want to see things escalate as they did Sunday evening. We will investigate the situation, both the protest event which elicited neighbors' concerns and the response of our police force. The statement concludes, Cottonwood Heights remains steadfast in its support of peaceful protest. However, we would emphasize the need to adhere to local and state laws in exercising First Amendment rights. That's fair. This is a fair statement. This is a fair position. And I admire the mayor for pointing out that the investigation which will now ensue will involve both the protesters and the response of the police force. And if you don't have the patience to let this investigation play itself out, uh, then you likely aren't really looking for good conclusion or resolution. You're just looking for a fight. And as I said at the beginning of this segment and last segment, the season of the street disruptions must come to an end. You've had your fun. You've made your noise. Now get to work. Now get to work. Okay, that's it. That is, that might, that's probably the last word on that I'll share today. Now, uh, I'm only left with four minutes to talk about my beautiful daughter and the beautiful weekend that we had. Uh, three big things uh, this past weekend. Saturday morning, I found myself in a swimming pool uh, with a few other parents and an instructor and little nine-month-old baby Piper in my arms. We decided, uh, Piper's mom and I, we decided that we were going to enroll Piper in uh, little baby swimming instructions. And it was terrifying, and it was exciting. Uh, we did some kicks, right? Uh, Piper puts her shoulder up, or I'm sorry, her chest up on my shoulder. I hold her legs and uh, bounce around in a circle, kicking her legs. Uh, do a similar maneuver where I uh, lift my knee up, set Piper on my knee, and uh, use her arms as we move uh, forward through the pool, letting her know that her arms and legs can propel her through the pool. And then, uh, as you know, swimming involves getting your head wet. And swimming involves submerging your head. And so the toughest exercise of our first swimming lesson was uh, the instructor letting us know, okay, on three, one, two, three, submerge your little baby. And so <laughs> it was a tough thing to do, but she was strong and she was tough. One, two, three, uh, little baby Piper went under the water for just a moment and came right back up. Uh, her, her eyes big and wide, uh, spitting water out. Uh, she looked at me, saw her dad, found me, uh, wraps her arms around uh, my neck, uh, puts her head on my shoulder, uh, a little cough, then a smile. And we went on with uh, kicking and splashing. She did, uh, it wore on her a little bit. Uh, and there were a few tears shed towards the end of the instruction. She got a little tired. <laughs> 
Uh, but it was a wonderful thing. And I'll be honest, when mom came to me and said, hey, you know, want to try swim lessons for the little baby? I thought, what? what? I didn't. I think I was seven years old when I got my first swimming lessons, and that was in gym class. <laughs> Coach Muchard, uh, the gym instructor, he took us all to the pool, and I remember all those students who had pools in their backyards, uh, they were just fine jumping in the water and splashing around. Uh, but those of us who were not so lucky, <laughs> the way Coach Muchard handled it was, he said, okay, all of you uh, get here on the side of the pool, and on three, you jump in. And if we didn't jump in... Maybe it was a different time, and it wouldn't go this way today. But if we didn't jump in, uh, Coach Mooch came up behind us, uh, took us by the arm and the leg, and tossed us into the water. Well, <laughs> it was scary, but I can swim today. And hopefully, uh, Piper's swimming lessons, which began just on Saturday, and will continue every Saturday morning, uh, she'll learn to, to enjoy the water. Another small thing, and I only have a minute to share this. Uh, Piper, she, she fell asleep. Uh, on my chest last night. It was the first time since she was a brand newborn baby. She, for whatever reason, uh, she likes to wiggle around. She doesn't like cuddling too much. Uh, but last night she did, and it's because we have been uh, we've been trying to uh, get the sleep routine down. We've been trying to, uh, you know, kind of turn her into a self soother. And I'll admit it's not going so great. And last night, you know, doing this Ferber method where we just let them cry it out, uh, that went on for a while. And she got pretty worked up and uh, sweaty and tired. And I went in and uh, it kind of broke me. I picked her up and I held her for a while, patted her on the back. Uh, ultimately, I just laid down and told her everything was okay. And uh, those same arms that wrapped around my neck in swimming lessons, well, they, uh, they wrapped around my neck uh, last night as, as it was time for bed. And instead of uh, sticking to the plan, uh, I decided to let her sleep there. Uh, rest her head on my chest.